Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all of the top streaming platforms. If you want more of the Issue and access to our exclusive episodes, then subscribe to the Issue Mic'd Up. All of the links can be found on our website, and the link is in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and on our Twitter at the issue podcast. You are now locked in and listening to the issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, May 12th, and we have another episode here for you today. Pretty good episode. We have a lot to talk about. We have our hits and misses to start the show like usual. Uh, Then Tim's going to get into a rant in the second segment going to be all Penguins playoffs. You know, Game 5 dropped now. 3-2 in the series. Hey, still leading the series. Still feeling okay. We'll see with Sid. Who knows, but... It hurts. I also have a big prediction about the Guinos series. You do, in the second segment. And then coming out of the second segment, going into the third, we will have our top 10 NFL teams post-offseason, post-draft. Yeah, right, so post-draft, post-free agency, right? Like, for example, Broncos, they didn't have that many picks because they traded them to Seattle. But they still, I mean, look, they rebuilt their defensive line. They still have really good weapons. Their offensive line got a little bit better, right? Obviously, you had Russell Wilson, so, like... It, it accounts for free agency and the draft, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, and, and who's that Yinzer at the end, of course. Finishing it off with who's that Yinzer. We were going to do it last episode, ran out of time. We should have time today, um, so it'll be a fun fun, fun little show here. Absolutely. Um, show news, though. We have a the biggest show announcement of all time coming next week. I mean, like, should we just surprise him with it next we're, week? Next week, yeah. We don't know even going to tell him? No. I feel like we should tell him to let him know like, where to look for it for next week. You know ah. what I mean? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Come on. Because that way, that way they know. That's true. Okay. To expect it. Because then um, if we just shock them, then it's like. So so you're saying we should do breaking news right now? Yeah, can we throw up like a band? Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. No. Yeah. I mean, we will be able to. Hold up, hold up, hold up. anything. KDKA here with uh, breaking news out of Gibsonia, Pennsylvania. Here, I got something for us. The issue has news. So weird. This is weird news music. I like it. This is the new pop news right here. Yeah. So okay, go for it. Starting next week, this will be not only an audio podcast, but video will be added as well. You will be able to watch on Spotify. You will be able to watch on YouTube. We will have full episodes posted on YouTube. The full episodes posted on Spotify. You can go watch or listen on Spotify. And then, obviously, if you are a listener on Apple Podcasts, you will still have the audio version only. But, I mean, almost everybody has access to YouTube. We'll have the full episode on YouTube. We'll have clips of the episode on YouTube. We'll have shorts of the episode on uh, on YouTube. Could it get better? No. Could it get better? Um, I don't think so. So, content creation is going to be insane uh, coming, I mean, starting next week. We have... Very Endless exciting. possibilities with YouTube, and it is absolutely huge for the show. We're just waiting on a couple, you know, finishing touches to come for you I know, mean, the whole like, setup and everything. I don't even know if I'd call it a finishing. T- I think it's like <laughs> kind of the focal, the point. main need. You know, I don't know, like the camera. <laughs> I mean, it's ordered, it's bought, it'll be here no, tomorrow. No, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's in stone that we're gonna have it. We just don't have it. <laughs> it'll come next week, and uh, well, actually, it's coming really soon it'll be here tomorrow um, but yeah. here by next week for next week's episode so this is the last audio only podcast god that's so exciting it's gonna be good i'm you know, excited you, you know what else is exciting being right so let's get into some hits and misses here <clears throat> clear the throat perfect all right first hit let's go with tua um so for some reason the dolphins decided let's release a video of tua Great drop back, great footwork, right? Never been the argument with Tua. Love it, love it. Nice delivery. Underthrown to Tyree Kill. And the Dolphins, who I've also said is an 
not an incompetent organization, but not one of the most well-run football teams over the last two decades. I mean, they fired the coach. What do you know? Even their social media team doesn't even know what to post correctly. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of routes where Tua is a really good quarterback, right? Show an out route. Show a slant route. Give me a dig. You know, something something like that where Tua is going to throw a nice, accurate football. It's going to look good on social media. You can show Tyreek Hill catching a nice little eight-yard dig route and running for 30 yards. Like a nice little timing route, bang right. off the back foot, Tua, get it out. Tua can do that. That's not, that's not a problem at all. They decided, hmm, Tua can't throw a deep ball. Let's let's show him under-throwing a deep ball to our newest target. No. What are we doing? And I've also said Tua's issue is his arm strength. And I said when they got Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill was like, oh, yeah, so excited to be here. I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's not always the best thing to leave Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't know if Tyreek Hill knows that his skill set is very dependent on a quarterback that can get him the football. Oh, yeah. Right, he's downfield. He's 30 yards downfield before the quarterback even snaps his head around from a play fake. You know what I mean? That's not the easiest ball to throw. I'm not I'm not trying to knock on Tua here. Well, I am, but like it, that's not the easiest throw to make. No. And Tyreek Hill's expecting Tua to be able to make that throw like Patrick Mahomes could. Well, I have news for you. Patrick Mahomes is one of maybe like two quarterbacks. Right? Him, Josh Allen. I mean, maybe Russ. I don't because Russ throws that beautiful arcing deep ball. I, I mean, mean Justin else? Herbert's deep ball is pretty good, but I mean maybe even Jay that Herb. is still young, still kind of developing his deep ball touch yeah. a little bit, right? I've said about Tua, his arm strength's a worry, and I don't, I don't really trust the Dolphins organization. What do you know? Both let you down there with that, with that Instagram video. Don't know what they're doing. All right, let's go with the Mets. I said the Pens, the first round matchup with the Rangers is not a good matchup. Igor Shosturkin has owned them all, um, all regular season. Well, what do you know? They put fourteen on them in two games uh, between was that games three and four. Yeah, they won seven to what? Two or seven three one of the times. Either way, they put seven on Igor Shosturkin in two straight games, chased him twice, 14 total goals in two games. Which is insane. Now, granted, we're coming off a playoff loss in game five, but not the end of the world. Still up 3 2. We will see, but it doesn't look like they're having as much trouble with Shosturkin as I expected. How about another hit here? Uh, we've been saying this since, I don't know, like two draft classes ago, that the 2023 quarterback draft class is going to be loaded. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, Phil Dracova from Boston College. I mean, the over-under on quarterbacks in the first round right now, set by, I think, Fox Bet, is six and a half. And am I crazy for thinking the over? Now, the only reason I wouldn't is because I think there's going to be a saturation point here where all the teams are sitting there with either A, a veteran quarterback that's proven, they're like, I'm not on the market, right? You're looking at, like, the Rams with Stafford or, um, like, the Cowboys with Dak, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, probably Herbert, right? Those quarterbacks set in stone. And then you're also going to have the class of, oh, hey, we just drafted a young quarterback. We're good, right? Justin Fields, um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, um, in, in that this, case. Probably the Steelers with Kenny Pickett, right? In the, that case, you better get ready for like a loaded second round draft class for quarterbacks next year because you're right. There is going to be a saturation point. I don't right. think all of them will probably end up going in the first round. Just when you think needs wise there's going to be teams that are looking for specific pieces that'll be trading up to get those spots right you know looking elsewhere for different positions of need you're going to have some really good talented quarterbacks slip down to the second round next year and it's just because there's so many of them right and so that goes back to the point we've been saying this for a couple years that draft class is going to be loaded and that's also why i'm saying i think you should start picket if not game one, you got to at least start him 10 games. You got to see what we have. Yeah. Right? Almost like a Josh Rosen situation. If he comes in, because Josh Rosen was like a three, four year starter, right? Kenny Pickett's a five year starter, even. Right? The Cardinals said, I mean, look, if you don't got it by now, you don't got it. So they threw him into the fire. Oh, what do you know? He didn't have it. They turn around, draft Kyler Murray, ask them how that's going. I think that's probably the correct decision. Yeah. The one that they made, right? Yeah. So I think the Steelers start Kenny Pickett. If it doesn't work out, boom, you have the, the loaded draft class of the 2023 quarterback class right there for you. I like that. Uh, another miss here. Uh, I, this was way back. I mean, this, this actually has me thinking of the actual studio itself, right? This was back when we were talking into a laptop yeah. in a little pillbox. I think at one point I did <laughs> say I would rather draft Tua over Joe Burrow. I thought Burrow, obviously surrounded by an NFL roster, of course he's going to go out and beat a bunch of college guys. Like, yeah, I didn't think it would translate as well. I thought his arm was eh, um, but what do you know? He's an animal, well, uh, he, and Tua is not. And so I, I can't believe at one point in time I actually said Tua well, over Burrow. Well, you know, our, 
since then, our studio has upgraded, or the show has upgraded. So has the take uh, with Burrow there. I right. Mean, we we were we were pretty also we were pretty quick to pivot off that. Right. Oh, it was game yeah. like five of Burrow, and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, no, he's better. Yeah. yeah, he's better. Yeah. I mean, if you just look, I, I nowadays I should probably start just looking. If I just say it out loud, right? Tua, six foot nothing, marginally athletic, average arm. Or Joe Burrow is like six three, has a lot of wiggle to him, really good leader, way better arm. Yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't just say it out loud. Doesn't matter. All right. Um, hits. I've been kind of saying that the NIL and the, and the transfer portal are going to be crazy. We need some some restrictions, maybe. So like even the NFL has a free agency period, right? Uh, it, there should be deadlines that. And, and regulations around this, right? Um, I know a lot of people, I think Coward had this take. I, I, maybe even Nick Wright uh, like agreed with it. I don't know. A couple people that I, that I listened to were saying they can't make money until they spend a full calendar year on campus or like a full school year on campus, right? So a freshman comes in because right, they're giving freshmen $7 million NIL deals before they even play a down of football. Yeah. And so a, a, a good take that I saw someone have they get there their freshman year they can't start making money until after the spring semester concludes of their freshman year right so right around so, this so time, they would be a sophomore so basically. they would technically be a sophomore yes and they would be able to then send sign nil deals and make money i like that it's not a bad take and i and i've been saying that for a while that they need some some guardrails on this because it's kind of the wild wild west right now i mean look at the end of the day i don't think it's going to impact it that much right um, okay, so the richer schools get all the good players. Um, yeah, that's kind of what happens right now. You think Ohio State doesn't get more players than Northwestern? Yeah. No, they do. No, they do. Like, there's a reason that Alabama, Georgia, etc. I mean, they're still going to... Yeah, but I mean, anything. anytime you introduce something like this, uh, an avenue of making money, of cash flow, of anything like that, there needs to be regulation of some oh, yeah. sort. There oh, yeah. needs to be, like you said, there need... Guardrails need to be put in place because you can't... Then you get into really, really fishy situations where it's literally like, okay, is this the NFL or is this college football? Because I'm just watching dudes sign deals now at this point and go. Right. I would, like that. I would say I hesitate on actual school itself being able to pay the players. Like the actual school itself saying, here's your contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like Miami right now is giving guys like straight up contracts. Like say, I, the NIL deal, I love it because they can go out and make business ventures and, mm-hmm. and be an influencer or whatever and make money off that. Because mm-hmm. they before they weren't allowed to, right. which is ridiculous. It, but the ability to just have the the schools straight up out of their pocket pay players, I don't love that idea. No. I don't love that idea. I like their, the ability for the players to have their own business ventures, have their own brands, be do whatever they of, want. Be part of different brands and, and things like that. But right. I, I don't think – yeah, I, I agree. There should be a step between, you know, college football and the NFL in terms of, like, you should not be able to sign a contract as a college athlete. But right. at the end of the day, I mean, the top, what, 5% probably of college football even ends up playing in the NFL. And then the top, like, 1% of those dudes even end up making, like, a living in the NFL. Right. So I don't mind, like, people that argue that college football players shouldn't, like, the NL, the NIL deal shouldn't be... You know, a thing no, it's at ridiculous. All. It should be a thing because I mean, half these guys aren't going to go play football at the next level. Yeah. Why not give them a chance to start something with their Get name and likeness yeah. while they're in college playing on such a big stage? No, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, how about a miss here? Let's go with the Yankees' approach. I said this towards the end of last year. I said they don't walk enough. They're too home run strikeout dependent, right? Those are pretty much the only two outcomes. They don't walk enough. I said it's not sustainable. We'll see if it's sustainable for this season, but so far they're off to a really hot start. I think at one point they had a 10 or 11 game winning streak. Um, they're playing really, really well. Aaron Judge just hit a walk-off home run against the Jays. I watched it live. It was awesome. Um, they're, they're playing They're playing good baseball. I didn't expect this from them. I said um, people people look at oh the walk, or the um, home run percentage versus the strikeout percentage. I said we need to be looking at the walk percentage, right, getting on base. Because if you get one guy on base in front of Judge – well, you just doubled his output on a home run. Right, it's great. It's great when you hit a home run. But if everybody before you strikes out, it's only worth one run. Yeah. It's only worth one run. What happens if we get some scrappy dudes on base in front of them? Well, now you just double, triple, even multiply by four times your output on one swing of the bat. Mm-hmm. So it makes the home run more valuable when you also get walked. But the Yankees are overcoming their strikeout woes per se and they're, they're, they're becoming better at putting the ball in play working counts a little more when I was watching the game they actually put 
a lot of good ABs. What I think I only saw like two strikeouts. Um, so we'll see if it's sustainable. But for right now, it's a little bit of a miss. A little bit of a miss. They're working their way there. Let's hit some misses on a. Uh, well, never mind. We'll get to the weather, but pretty beautiful um, Thursday here in May. Gotta love it. <clears throat> Every now and then you you'll catch a break in Pittsburgh, but today we did, so we'll celebrate that. Today we did. So I, I, I want to talk about something. Everyone pretty much knows what the term overcorrect means, right? You see it in every business, any, you know, politics, anything. You see it in America right now, right? One video of a cop or somebody doing something bad, right? Oh, oh, just tear the whole country down. This is terrible. Anarchy, just tear it all down. Democracy's terrible. We need to completely defund the police. Just restructure America. Okay, that's a bit of an overreaction, a little bit of an overcorrection, right? That's exactly what's happening right now in sports, pretty much every league. Pretty much every league in regards to physicality, right? We're trying to make the game safer, and and you know we don't want we don't want injuries. I love that. That that's great. We also don't need to be cupcakes. We don't need to put on skirts here. So it, let let's just let's take a deep breath, okay? We don't need to overcorrect to the point where we can't hit anybody, right? So this happened in the Pens game last night. Sidney Crosby took a high elbow from from Rangers uh, kind of enforcer type guy Jacob Truba, right? A little bit of an elbow. Probably intentional. You could argue that. Um, I, I would probably argue that it was intentional. Didn't love the hit. Was not a fan of it. Don't love the outcome of it either. But can we all take a deep breath in Pittsburgh today? We're ready to burn Jacob Truba at the stake. Look, this is playoff hockey. I'm sorry, but it, it was a physical play. Borderline dirty, but it's part of sports, especially playoff hockey. Right? There used to be this intimidation factor in sports, right, where you can go out you can, you know, coaches always say, smack somebody in the mouth, right? Not anymore. Not anymore. Where did that go? Where'd it go? So, Pens fans, here's what I would be more upset about with last night. It's how the Pens responded, or should I say, lack there of a response. I mean, you, you're telling me Big Bad, uh, you know, Brian Boyle couldn't go out there and lay somebody out a little bit? Right? What? What did the? How did the Pens respond? What did they do? Wait for it. Wait for it. Absolutely nothing. They put their tail between their legs and had two goals scored on them. And they were looking like sad puppies. Oh, because our captain got hit. So. So. I mean, this is hockey. You have what? I don't know what a hockey roster is. You got like twenty some other guys. Can somebody go lay a shoulder? Can somebody show that they want to be there? Show a little bit of heart. Our captain, our, but, but but Sid got an elbow. Okay, All right, it, 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 it's playoff hockey. Let's go. And some people, oh, but that's not the Pens game. They're more skill and speed, not physicality. I'm not asking you to, to out-hit the Rangers over the course of a game. I'm asking you situationally, Brian Boyle or Mark Friedman can't go lay somebody out. That can't happen. You can't, you can't go, hmm, you'll take Sid. All right. Hey, Artemi Panarin, maybe watch out when you're going to the boards because I'm going to level you, right? Make them think a little bit more about that. I mean, did, did we expect the Rangers with millions of dollars and the season on the line, right, facing elimination at home, that they weren't going to bring a little bit of an edge? Right? Was that like a surprise to the Pens? Ooh, the Ran- did the Rangers come out and play physical when their season's on the line? That's nuts. Um, no, that, that, that's how you should play with your season on the line. That's how the Pens should be playing right now with the chance to go to the second round pretty well rested. If you get out of that game, only five games in that series, well rested, you're feeling good going to the second round. Instead, this has the possibility to go seven. Look, you don't know sports if you think that the Rangers weren't going to bring a little bit of physicality, that this isn't a part of playoff hockey. You just don't know sports, point blank. I don't know what to tell you. You haven't watched enough sports. You haven't played enough sports. You just don't know the game. No, look, it's playoff hockey. Again, again, I don't like the hit. I don't like the result. But in all honesty, the Rangers are in better shape right now this morning because of it. I mean, you can argue all you want. You know, you, we, we can argue. It's fine. But, you, but you're telling me the Rangers don't feel better going into game six knowing that Sid is kind of eh. Oh, they're feeling good. And at the end of the day, no one's going to look back on this series and go, 
No, no, but but remember that in game five, Sid went out, so um, actually it, it doesn't count. No, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, the Rangers are now in the second round, and they're playing to move to the third, and then they're going to play to the Stanley Cup. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. It is what it is. got to keep moving. But now the Pens are in danger. If they drop game six, if this goes back to the Garden, not a fan. Not a fan. Look, all I'm saying, we can't overcorrect physicality out of the game. Right? You, you, you even see it in basketball now. Some guy, a hard foul, goes to block him. Yeah, the guy lands and hurts himself. Ah, like you don't love the play. But, I mean, it's, it's playoff basketball, right? In, in, in football, it's like, yeah, but, but he hit him in the knee. All right, man, like, I'm sorry. I can't, if I can't hit you in the head, I'm, I'm going to have to go low. Yeah. Like, we, we don't have to make every single play that results in an injury a penalty. That's not exactly how it works. It's not how it works. You can get injured on a legal play. Absolutely, you can get, <laughs> you can get injured on a legal play. Technically speaking, Sid just did. Yeah. I mean, I would argue I mean, it probably should have been at least called a penalty on the ice. I don't think any suspension or anything like that should be handed down. And, and news is this morning that it, it won't, that he won't get any sort of punishment. But we can we can start playing touch hockey. We'll, we'll play roller hockey. And we'll, we'll put the big stop on the back I was of the jerseys. Just about to say, remember the stop signs that you'd see on oh. the back of the jerseys in like middle school? Yeah, we'll put the big stops on the back of the jerseys. Nobody can check anybody. That's the NHL's next. Step on it'll all protocol. be it'll all be about stick handling, and there'll <laughs> there'll only be one way to win, and you're just you're just better. So whoever has better stick handlers and and better uh, better shooters is just going to win every single game. Yeah, let's just cut hitting right out of the game. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. I mean, look, Pittsburgh fans are ready to ready to crucify Jacob Truba. You're telling me that uh, when Ryan Reeves was on the team for a couple years, that you wouldn't you know you wouldn't mind him throwing a shoulder into Ovechkin when we played him? No, I mean, come on, come on. Come on, unfortunate play. We don't like the result. Absolutely not. What should be more upsetting is that nobody did anything about it. Yeah. Not a single person did anything about it. What Sullivan should have done is, hey, Brian Boyle, how many fingers out? Two? Cool, you're going into the game. Next shift. See that guy? Yep, out. See ya. I'm not telling you to smack him in the face with the stick. I'm telling you, whenever he goes back for the puck on a near icing play, let's light him up, yeah. right? Light him up. That's all I'm saying. Um, good news though, next week you will be able to watch the plays as we talk about them and some different film breakdown stuff. You will be able to see it. We'll flash right up here on the screen. And you'll be able to see my beautiful face. Yeah. So look and forward to that. And as well, but you know, not quite as beautiful, whatever. <laughs> Either way, next segment we will have all of the uh, Penguins playoff talk. More Penn stock coming to you in the second segment. Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Issue. This episode is brought to you by Phoenix, or FNX. It's almost summertime. Go out and get all your supplements you need to keep you in the gym. Burn those love handles. Let's get out on the beach this summer, guys. Thank you for listening to The Issue. Again, go use code TJ2022 for 15% off your purchase. Thank you, guys. All right, all right, we are back. Second segment, the issue. Weather report, gorgeous day today. Absolutely beautiful. I don't know what, so it's 2 o'clock. It's like 78, 79 degrees. Phenomenal Sunny, Thursday. Like two clouds in the entire sky. Summertime, we're happy. Love um, we're out of the rain, we're out of the snow. It's a good day. It's it, it, it's a really good day. Great time of the year. Things seem to be shaping up a little bit. Baseball's kind of... Getting into full swing, which is playoff good. hockey. I mean, what is there anything better? I mean, it's great because there's not really a downtime from here on out. It's like we have Penguins hockey, and we have the, all of playoff hockey, really. But we really mainly talk about the Penguins. We have playoff hockey. We get into the MLB like they're full into it midseason, right. starting to look at like a little bit of a playoff race. Oh, what happens at that time? Oh, well, you're also getting divisional predictions for the NFL right, and all of the preseason stuff. Right. And then moving into, you know, what the show does best here in the fall. And uh, NFL. we're going to have a great product for you in the fall as well. We have a lot that we're going to be rolling out along with, you know, the addition of the video. So, All right. So, Penguins um, dropped game five last night in the garden. Um, tough game. Tough game. Dropped game five. Now we're up 3-2 in the series. Was it 5-3 was the final score. Um 
So I will say the, the, the loss hurts more than just being a loss, right? First of all, A, Sid's injury, eh, kind of in the balance for game six. But also the way, the manner in which they lost is something that I think resonates more and, and sticks with them more than just than just tonight, right? They get they get today off. They're playing again. What Friday? I wouldn't be surprised if it carries over. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Look, the way they lost, up to nothing, and then Sid gets hurt, and you it absolutely, I can't even say it on the air. Come out looking like they forgot how to play hockey just because their captain went down with an injury. That 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 that's the best way to describe it. I don't know. What's your takeaway from the game? Um, if if Crosby's in there the entire time, the Penguins win. And I don't really I mean, think right. it's I don't really think it's that much of a debate. Um, I mean, the two of the three goals that were given up right away were given up against the Crosby line uh, after he went out. Uh, it was right after they subbed in who they put in uh, originally uh, for Crosby. Big uh, Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. Uh, they put Jeff Carter in for Crosby. He he was the sole reason for those two goals being given up. If they if you look back, the dude that walked right down into the slot put an insane move on uh, on Louis Domingue and scored was Carter's guy. Carter looked lost defending him. Uh, you know who wouldn't have looked lost defending that guy? Sidney Crosby. It's the little things that he does throughout the game that nobody notices. It's the how he stays with them through and sets a pick, gets the puck out, and and at least gets that puck away from the net, redirects it to a corner, to a board, somewhere. But Carter was three to three and a half feet behind his man, trailing him, whacking at his at his skates with his stick because he was so far away from the play. It's it's not it's not just that it's not just Sid's skill. Um, it's what he brings to the team from a leadership perspective, right? He's he's almost you hear the term in basketball a floor general, right? Yeah. Or or um, even like a quarterback, right? A field general, right? Same thing. He's an ice general, I guess. I, you know what I mean? He he can coordinate things on the ice with his communication, with his leadership, and that's something that you you just can't you can't really measure it. No. But you can see it. Oh, you can absolutely see the difference when he's off the ice. You take him out. You can see it. You take him out. Four <clears> minutes, <throat> three goals against. Two against his line. You don't think he makes an impact? You're crazy. Uh, to everybody out there that says Sidney Crosby's overrated, look at last night. Last night is enough of an indication to tell you that Sidney Crosby is damn near one of the best players in the NHL still. I still think he's I still think he's the most valuable player in the NHL. McDavid's fine, but they have Dreisaitl, who's scoring just as many, if not more, goals than, than McDavid. Right? Matthews is fine, but you still have... Um, Mitch Marner, and a bunch of other really good players as well, right? Tampa Bay, Stamkos is aging. He's not in the conversation anymore. Ovechkin, eh, but you got Oshie. You got Kuznetsov. Um, they, they have a bunch of talent everywhere, right? Sidney Crosby is the most valuable player, right? He's still <clears throat> probably one of the best stick handlers. He's definitely top five. Probably top five in board play. I mean, I've never seen him lose a puck on the boards because he's so strong. He's so physical. The way he uses his hips to to maneuver through when there's like four guys, right? The way he's able to control his body, still still probably top three in board control, right? His shot looks like it did ten years ago, right? Still a top five shot in the league. Um, and again, the leadership, right? I would say having so much experience and and always knowing what to do with the puck, when to pass it, when to shoot it, got to be top two in the league in that, probably top one. For all that together, you're telling me he's not the best player? And, I think you'd be wrong. And, and he needs to be back for this series, too, because the outlook. So, like, the series outlook, with and without Crosby, is a totally different landscape. You have either a very organized Penguins team, and let's not kid ourselves, that number one line for Pittsburgh these past three weeks have been, if you need a goal, it's like every single time they're on the ice, it's you feel Jake. like they're going to score. I mean, well, first of all, Jake Gens on the playoffs is is absolutely insane. And, and Brian Rust recently has been playing out of his mind. That first line, if you get Crosby back, game six at home, I like the Penguins all day. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a big prediction. I think the Penguins lose this series. I think they lose it in devastating fashion. First of all, even if Sid does come back, which I don't think he will for game six, I think he's gonna be out for game six. 
Concussions that have always been his issue. When's the last time Sid got dinged in the mug and came back two days later? I don't know, when he was like 19 in his rookie season maybe? Right, he's not 19 anymore. He's what, 35, 36? Mid, yeah, he's mid-30s. Right, a ding to the head in the mid-30s is a lot different, right? Go ask your parents how it feels you know, when, they, when they stub their toe at 40. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good for another week, right? That toe's purple for a week. Go ask a little uh, 11-year-old how it feels. He's like, I don't even feel it. I'm running right now, <laughs> two minutes later. Right? It's different to recover from an injury when you're a little bit older. And Sid's always had an issue with, it, with, with concussions and head injuries. I don't think he comes back for game six. I think we drop game six. He does come back for game seven. I don't think it matters. I think if the Rangers win two straight, especially in the fashion that they won last night, they win that and they come to Pittsburgh, you come two into the enemy's house and win, the momentum of winning two straight in, in that fashion, and taking it to there's, seven. No, there's no way they lose in seven. There's no way the Rangers would lose that, that game seven at the Garden. Espe- I just don't see it. Especially if Crosby would still be out at that point. Um, and you're telling me Sid has to go with a possible con- concussion where they say, hey, stay away from bright lights, probably some, stay away from some, con- some contact, and then loud noises. And you want him to go play hockey in the Garden? Um, <laughs> Against the Rangers? A lot Rangers? of bright lights. Pretty loud in there, I think. Pretty physical team, And too. against a physical team. Right, so I think they lose the series. And I think they, they, they blow a 3-1 lead. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Very everybody Atlanta-ish. in Pittsburgh everybody in Pittsburgh will freak out. And certainly it'll be upsetting. We'll probably have a day where we not overreact, but let them hear it for a bit. In the grand scheme of things, it's going to be okay. But they're going to lose this series. I'm calling it right now. That's my big prediction. What do you think is happening with this? the rest of the series? Um, I think it's if if by some stretch of the imagination that Crosby can be back for Game 6, I, I like the Penguins and their chances. If he can be back for a Game 7, I still... I really don't like it. I don't like it if it goes to 7. If it goes to 7, I feel like no matter what's going on at that point, we have to go back to Madison Square Garden. We have to play in that environment again against that physical team again. It doesn't look great for the Pens. Now, I think if you got to wrap it up at home. You have to find a way to, to. without Crosby. Malkin is going to Malkin plays way better than he ever does when Crosby's not on the ice for some reason. So Gensel needs to keep doing his thing. If you can get the right guys and the right pieces to step up for a game six at home, this is like last resort. This is the must-win game. This should be the game seven focus for the Pittsburgh Penguins coming into a game six. I agree. This is the, agree. This is the biggest game that they've had up to this point in the season. I completely agree. Um, and if, you're gonna, if you have any shot at winning it, it's going to be in game six. It's going to be at home. And now, like you said, it kind of takes me into – a little bit of a rant that I have. You said you know, if the Penguins lose and blow this 3-1 lead, we're going to have a little bit of like uh, the media will freak out, overreact yeah. a little bit in Pittsburgh. Did you see what the New York media did to Igor Shosturkin? Oh, they let him hear it. They let him hear it. The front page of the New York Times after that game ripped him for an entire page. Hmm. He was... Not a good look. <laughs> absolutely cast away by the New York media. And, I mean, it's just something that's interesting in sports and something that I wanted to bring up. That there are cities where you can be good and, like, kind of just be decent, average to below average, and that's fine. Nobody's going to, like... You know, you're a role player. You're not... You're nothing crazy. Yeah. You're just middle of the road, like a... uh, I don't even know. Are we looking for a hockey comparison here? Any sport comparison. Um, Shaquille O'Neal with the Orlando Magic back in the day. There you go. Or, or even Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. You can be even Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. That 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 city holds like seventeen people in a twelve pack of Diet Coke. That thing is tiny. Exactly. So every every single media coverage he gets is favorable because you're not necessarily dealing with the vast um the numbers, the amount of media. So the ones that are there need to make sure that they get access to the team, right? If they go out and rip Aaron, Aaron's like, okay, fine. I'm not answering your question. I'm not doing an interview with you anymore. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now think about it in like in LA or a New York. These are major media capitals and hubs around the world. 
in the United States. So they are the biggest media uh, businesses have, in the that, world. Yeah, it is. That, that, those two and then Chicago. Those so, are your top three right there. Do you think you can be bad in a New York? Do you think you can give up seven goals in a playoff game? Twice. Back-to-back games. Because he was complaining about it. He came out on social media, like, upset that the New York media was treating him unfairly. Oh, did you realize you play in New York? Like, the New York Times. That's what, I mean, that, I, I, that's why I had a little bit of a concern with Zach Wilson going to the Jets. He goes from BYU. To, Brigham Young University. To where he Say has it a, out loud. Brigham, what even is that? Brigham Young University. Mormons. Bunch of them. And you bring them <laughs> to New York City. To be the quarterback of the New York Football Jets, I'm not saying he hasn't had, he hasn't had many, like many slip ups. He's not like he's you know well over his skis, but it, it is a concern. Yeah, and Eurosha Sturkin needs to stop complaining because uh, you play for you know one of the biggest cities in the United States, one of the bigger hockey brands in the league. And if you don't think you're going to hear it from the media and from the fans after you give up. What four? Like he gave up ten in, uh, in yeah, two so I games. Yes, yeah, I think he got pulled after outside the, of the, empty the fifth goal and the one that went to the one. backup. Yeah, I think I think he I think he let up ten goals in two games. Yeah, which is I mean outrageous in the playoffs, and he shut the Penguins down all year, which is a conversation for itself. Right. Um, yeah, I mean I I agree. He certainly needs to wake up. I I'm not gonna sit here and say I blame the media. It's kind of just what the world has become, right? You have to be interesting enough to get that click, yeah. To get that, because no one's going to buying newspapers anymore, right? You can't catch somebody's eye on the street. You have to be able to be interesting enough to pop up on their Twitter feed, and they go, "Yep, I'll click on that." You know what I mean? Because that's where you're getting the majority of your clicks, your likes, whatever you know, the revenue, basically, media traffic, everything. Right. Things that we deal with on the podcast all the time. And and so I'm not saying I, I, I'm blaming the media. Actually, at, at this point. At this point, if you're a professional athlete and you're not, I'm not saying you have to be used to it, but if you're like shocked by it, you're just not paying attention. No. You know what I mean? This is the times. Either roll with it or it's going to roll you, period. Um, and, and, and look, also, these media guys, yeah, they'll, they'll, give you some, they'll give you some flack, right? But whenever you either do well or show that you are a good guy, they'll, they'll ride with you forever. Yeah. Go ask any New York media guy about Sam Darnold. They love him. He's a good kid, good guy, always answer their questions. Yeah, did he have the most success? Not really. But was he generally a good dude, poured his heart out? Yeah, that that sticks with them. So, yeah, they will give you some some crap, per se. But if you can deal with it, get that thick skin, and be a good dude and roll with the punches, they will be on your side till you die, period. Yeah. Um, so it, it's got some some positive and negatives. But to sum up, I'm telling you, Penguins blow this series, and I hate to say it. Come on, right? And trust me, I don't. I want to be wrong here. I got faith for our boys in Game Six. Actually, this kind of works out for me because I'm happy. Not happy, but either either they win, or I'm right. So it's it's kind of a win win for me. I'm setting myself up pretty good here. Okay. Either they win, the Penguins win the series, or you're right with your prediction. Or I'm right, and I'm slightly less happy, but at least I can throw one in the hit column. You know what I mean? It feels good. It'll feel good. Well, I'll be able to throw this one in the hit column, uh, and it'll it'll be like a kind of a double-edged hit miss where, you know, I hit, you miss on it after the Penguins win in six, because I got faith in our boys. I think at least they'll be able to... Having this at home for game six... Is our biggest advantage? So, I will what, say. what do you think they have to do to win? Let's let's give let's let's each give our three keys to victory. Our Rivers Casino tips to win. <laughs> Rivers Casino tips to win. <laughs> um, three keys to victory for the Guinos. Either game six or seven. Like, what do they have to change in these in these either game or two games going forward to at least win one of them? Uh, biggest thing you have to be way more aggressive about uh, controlling the puck. I think the Rangers in uh, the stat I saw somewhere the last half of the second period and the entire third period they controlled the puck for i think over 73 percent of the time uh the puck the the penguins got absolutely out dom just just out chased to every single puck yeah. they got outmanned at every single puck and they were pushed off of every single one so the biggest okay. thing is so, you're going to be aggressive and go get the puck as as often as you can number Beautiful. two i want to see people actually crashing on the net 
Yeah. I need to see, like, because there were a lot of chances, even late, where they had to tie that game up, where they would have a really strong push coming down the right wing, shoot, huge rebound on the left side. No, no one's, one's there. there. No one's there. Crash the net. You need to get bodies to the net. And three, find a way to do what you were doing in game two and three, where you were getting in front of Shesterkin and being able to redirect pucks. That was how you scored the majority of your goals all se- or the entire series. Don't switch those things up. Keep attacking. I will say that kind of that kind of goes off what my rant was about physicality, intimidation, right? There's there's got to be something to the game outside of just point blank. Skill. You have to have a net front presence. There's got to be something. Right, right. Hornquist was king for this, right? Oh yeah. He would get under that goaltender's skin. He would get in his crease, make him uncomfortable. Um, and like I said, there's got to be something to sports other than just flat out skill, or else we're just going to get. Um, it's just going to be like a skills competition every single game. There's got to be some oomph, some edge to it, right? Phil Kessel was great at it, too. Phil was great at it. So so um, I, I agree with you there. My three keys. One, you got to help Louis Domingue. You have to. Um, you, I would say make your blue line defense really, really good, right? Like, I'm not – obviously, like, I'm not saying completely neglect your net front defense and all that stuff – we need to put an emphasis on the blue line because if we can eliminate 20% of their possessions, that helps Lou Deming by a lot. Oh, a lot. He has to face 20% less shots. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Right. Make a barrier at that blue line. Make them dump and chase because that's not a sustainable way to gain possession of the puck. Yeah, every now and then it'll work, especially if you're on the power play, things like that. Great. Dump and chase. Love it. If you're dumping and chasing all game and you can't just get a nice walk into the zone— it makes your life exponentially harder as the Rangers on offense. Oh, yeah. So help Louis Domingue by improving blue line defense. Number two, I'm going to go exactly what you said. We need to get we need to get guys in front of that crash to the net. So many rebounds. And then we saw in the um, – it was in the – or actually kind of saw it, but um, also in the – I don't know if you saw it, the Toronto Blue Jays versus – the Blue Jays. Toronto Maple Leafs versus the um, – who are they playing? The Lightning. Yeah. Right? It was Mitch Marner. Through a through a shot per se, um, off the right pad of the of Bobrovsky is he still the goalie in uh, in Tampa Bay? He is. It was technically a shot. That's a pass. It's a play that's been in hockey forever. You a nice soft shot off there. Well, I guess it was it was his right pad on the left side of the ice. The rebound goes right to my guy coming down the wing. It's almost like a pass right off the goalie. That happened so many times, except we just didn't have a guy down the wing. Like, I don't know if our left winger just didn't exist, um, if he was, like, dying. I don't know what happened. If he went for a change at the wrong time, it happens all the time. Let's get a guy going down the wing. Rebound. Goal. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Crash to the net. Yeah. Um, We saw it all too often uh, last night where we just flat out missed that opportunity, but definitely uh, a good point right there. And then your last one? One more. Have some pride. Have some pride. I mean, your captain goes out and we act like sad puppies. Go hit somebody in the mouth. Go take it to them. Brian Boyle, Mark Friedman. Uh, I don't even know who our enforcers are anymore. Because they're just so few and far between. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, I don't even... Malkin's a big body. I don't care. Let's go put a shoulder into somebody. I wouldn't even mind two and a half minutes into this game if somebody takes a penalty. I don't care. Take a boarding. Two and a half minutes in, take a boarding. I want this guy going through the third row. Right? I want this guy. I want I want you to hit Artemi Panarian into the third row of, of PPG. Right? Come out with a fire. All right, if they're gonna do it to Sid, that 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 ain't gonna fly. Right? I don't know if anyone watches um NBA, but so Draymond Green from the Warriors, hard foul on somebody from the Grizzlies in like game one of the series, right? Game two, two and a half minutes in, guess what the Grizzlies did? Sent their enforcer out, hard foul on somebody from the Warriors, right? Like two minutes into the game. You have to come out with a fire. Let them know, hey, we're not going to be pushed around here. This is our series. We control it, and we're going to end it right here. Absolutely. Those are the keys to victory. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, When we get back in the third segment, we will have our top 10 NFL teams uh, after the postseason, the draft, everything taken into consideration. And, of course, who's that Yinzer to finish it all out here on a Thursday? Hey guys, it's Luke here from The Issue. Doing the podcast, we want equipment that works just as hard as we do. That's why we chose Rockville Audio when we thought to build the studio. We got our microphones, boom sticks, a mixer, 
headphones, audio cables, everything from rockvilleaudio.com. They have way more than that. They have stuff for your car, for boats, lighting, audio, everything you could possibly need. Find it at rockville.com. They are awesome. Go check it out. That is rockville.com. What's up? We are back. It is the third segment on a Thursday. Um, Some great NFL stuff to get to in this segment. We're going to have our top 10 teams coming out of the postseason after the draft. Everything factored in, kind of our, almost like a like a way too early like Super Bowl window prediction because you think top ten teams of the league, these are going to be you know the last ten remaining in these the playoffs. Are, I would assume this is kind of your Super Bowl bubble. You know what I mean? A little bit. Um, that any ten of these teams, I guess it wouldn't be like you know, I wouldn't be floored if any of them won it, right? I mean, obviously the top five are, are more of the Super Bowl bubble, and the other guys are on kind of on the outside looking in. But have a reasonable chance to, to do it. Yeah, either right. way, yeah, it will be fun to get through uh, all that. It, interesting. Yeah. And then, the and then another another rendition, another another addition, another version of... Who's that answer? Who's that answer? Um, always a great segment. So I think I, I've thrown up Dan Marino, I, Arnold Palmer, yeah. I believe. I What was my other one? Um... <clears throat> I don't remember. I know you had Heinz Ward, Santonio Holmes, and... Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. I don't remember who your other one was. I can't believe I don't remember it. I got a good one this week. I'm excited. A little, little tougher, but... I'll, pretty I, good, I, too. I'll, pretty I have good a good too. hint for you. I have a good so. hint for you as well. All right. All right. Anyway, top 10, post-offseason, post-draft, free agency, all that, right? Top 10 NFL teams. We'll start with number 10 work our way back to one so we'll start with number 10 let's go with the cardinals um first of all deandre hopkins missed the first six games i don't think it's a, a, a i don't think it's that critical right the, their line didn't move on wins they're they're um like they're the odds for them winning the championship or getting to the playoffs or anything no, none of their odds changed right yeah is he an important player absolutely but when you have the depth that they have a wide receiver and you have a guy who's kind of similar in A.J. Green, not as good, kind of passes prime, but a similar style receiver. You don't miss a whole lot. Um, Kyler, I don't know, if is he going to hold out if he gets his contract? So that's kind of what's keeping them from being higher. I still think they deserve to be on this list, obviously, because they are dynamic offensively. Um, they do lose Chandler Jones on the defensive side, but they're not lost on defense either. But definitely I, a 10th place right, team. Right. I mean, they, they have too many holes right now. I, I like their offensive line, but I don't love it. Um, their defense is good, but not great. And then with the injuries, Kyler Murray's fallen off at the end of the past two seasons. So he's going to have to put it together if they actually want to sustain a real playoff run and be a top 10 overall team. Absolutely. All right, number nine, let's go with the Raiders. I think they're a tick higher because me and you both agreed we're at this point in, in his career, I would rather have Derek Carr. Oh, absolutely. I would take Derek Carr over Kyler Murray over the course of a season and into like a playoff right. run. And I'm saying um, right now. And right now, absolutely. And to be completely honest, the Raiders' weapons are, I would say, somewhat... They're, like, they're at bare minimum. The they're at bare minimum equal with Arizona. At at the minute. You could argue me into them having better weapons. I, I think they have better weapons. I think they have a better quarterback. I think <clears throat> they have a better defense now. I think their defense... Well, they took Chandler Jones from Arizona, so yeah. yeah. So. And they have Max Crosby. Yeah, I like... They can get to the passer. I like um, Oakland at nine. Yeah, I agree with you. I think right now in his career, I'd rather have Derek or Carr. Oakland, <laughs> Vegas, my bad. What Same am I thing. doing? I, see, the, the funny thing is I knew what you meant. Yeah. Like, I knew what you meant. It's almost like if you accidentally say Redskins, I'm like, that's yeah, Washington. Yeah. It's, it's, or Indians, Guardians. It's whatever. So yeah, Cleveland, Indians. Cle- We're all trying to grasp the change. I, I'm not so sure I'm if, I've actually, if I've actually... Like used the name Cleveland Guardians in a sentence. I just yet. say Cleveland now. I don't think I've I don't think I've actually done that, and I don't I don't even think we've said Commanders on this on this uh, podcast yet. There you go, the Commanders. Anyway, all right, number eight, Packers. Look, first of all, you lose the best wide receiver in football. Um, you lose a piece on your offensive line. You lose your offensive coordinator. That's understated. No one will talk about that, but it's true. But I will say, some people put them like. 15th this year that's ridiculous that's ridiculous they got way better on defense they're still gonna have a good offensive line um, Matt LaFleur is still there Aaron Rodgers still is very good 
still definitely in that division and in the weaker NFC, good enough to win 11 games. Absolutely. Um, do I think he's going to struggle at, at times without Devontae Adams? Absolutely. They have easily the weakest receiving core in the league. That's why they're not higher. But they're still going to have a good defense. They're going to have a solid running game, a really good coach, and a and a Hall of Fame level quarterback. Does he win in the playoffs? No, but that's for a different. I mean, even if you go if you go 12 wins, you're still a top 10 team. Just because you don't win in the playoffs doesn't mean you're not deserving of being in the top 10. Yeah. But they did lose Devonta Adams. I don't know. Some people might think they're too high on this list. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I think the loss of Devonta Adams definitely hurts you. I mean, you don't exactly have a ton of money to go out and spend. So. Aaron knew that too, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, he he did know he would be losing Devonte Adams because because Even he signed a said, massive contract. Yeah, and he took up way too much of you know the did, cap, yeah, like we said he would do. Didn't so. take a pay cut for his boy, but doesn't matter. Hit for us, right? <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah. Um, all right, number seven. Let's go with the Chargers because I think at this point in his career, I'm going to say it. I think Justin Herbert is better than Aaron Rodgers, um, and is certainly may- uh, maybe not better. Definitely a more dynamic quarterback right now. I think he brings more to the table. I think he's first of all he's got a better arm. Is it as accurate? No, but nobody in the history of the NFL basically is as accurate as as Aaron Rodgers. Very true. Stronger arm. Right now he's more mobile. Um, and and I think right now the Chargers the surrounding roster is better. Their offensive line is is 100% solidified now. They go out and draft a guard. They got the tackle last year. They went out and got a center from Green Bay last offseason. They're set. They're set. Six years, they won't have to worry about their offensive line. Right, so they got the quarterback. They protected the quarterback. Oh, and by the way, you have Joey Bosa. You will go out and get Khalil Mack. Go out and get J.C. Jackson, a, a top corner. This is the Rams formula. The Rams pay the right positions, right? They go out and pay... For, for a pass rusher, Aaron Donald. You go out and pay for a corner like Jalen Ramsey. Pay for your quarterback and pay to protect him. And also notice they did not overspend on a wide receiver or running back category, something that kind of has high liability, high uh, maintenance cost, if you will, because those guys are getting banged up. They're getting hurt all the time. So why would you invest the majority of your money there? Go put it into smart investments, smart positions across the team. Like you said, like the Rams formula obviously worked out for them. They pay, they value and pay all the right positions. Go look at the Bears. The Bears have the same exact um, payroll as uh, the Chargers, right? Actually, they might be paying more. And where do they pay it, though? They pay it to safeties, linebackers, <laughs> and uh, yeah, running backs. Not the I, formula for success. Not the formula for success. The Chargers are doing it right. They're paying all the right guys. Like I said, I love the addition of Cleo Mack, J.C. Jackson. They already have a good roster, and they had a pretty good draft. <clears throat> All right, Bengals at six. I think right now, although I love Justin Herbert as a talent, I think right now Joe Burrow is a more winning quarterback. Clearly, he dragged them to the Super Bowl, and I don't think that roster was necessarily a top-two roster. It was a good roster. I don't think it was necessarily top-two. No. Um, we we like Zach Taylor. We don't know if he's going to be – if he's going to su- sustain the success that he's having. Um, look, the, But their receivers are insane. Their defense is getting better, and they just addressed it in the draft and in free agency, so that's solid. The offensive line they also addressed in free agency. Now, I will say, I would have liked to see another pick on the offensive line, but beggars can't be choosers. They at least upgraded at some places they need to. Sure. And they were already really solid. Yeah. It's almost like the Joe Burrow effect as well. Like that roster with... If you gave Derek Carr that roster, I think the the Bengals are more like ninth or 10th on this list. And I like Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr a lot. I like Derek Carr a lot, but I think it speaks to the volume of just how much Joe Burrow can do for you. Exactly. It's the, yeah. the Joe Burrow effect. That's why they're a little bit higher, I think. All right, I think a tick above them are the Bucks because the Brady effect. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> same thing as the Burrow effect, like the Brady effect. Plus, um, they didn't really lose a whole lot of guys. Now, I have I did a rant, like, I don't know, probably a couple months ago where it's like it's not always great to, quote-unquote, bring the band back together, right? LA is like, let's just bring everybody back. And I'm like... I pushed back a little bit right now. I went through and I looked at some of the the past champions in the last like five years. And yeah, I mean, and like who they kept and if they did keep a lot of people, if they moved off some people, and then their success the following year, right? And you found out, eh, like bringing everybody back isn't always necessarily the move, right? Yeah. But for the Bucks, it kind of is, right? Because who who because of the option, like because of the next man up is significantly less than all the guys they brought back, right? For example, the drop down from Brady. I mean, bringing him back, smart, right? Um, Chris Godwin, you lose him, 
Mm, now Russell Gage is my two. I'm not loving that. No, that's not, not loving that. That's, that's not a great two. That's a low end two. Oh yeah. Right. So so they brought back the right guys. Now I will say the offensive line got worse, and that's keeping them from being higher. Um, but the defense will still be solid. They they addressed the secondary a little bit, which they needed to. Um, Bucks at five feels right. I, I, with Brady, you're always going to be in the playoffs, and you'll probably be a top two seed in a weak NFC. So I mean, if they're getting home field most of the time through the playoffs, it's really hard to see them not being a top five team. Number four, the Chiefs. Um, first of all, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, genius. Really, really good. Brett Veach, the GM, had a fantastic draft. George Karloftis, Sky Moore, uh, Pittsburgh kid, by the way. And went to uh, Western Michigan. Real speedy receiver. Won't be Tyreek Hill, but he'll probably fill a similar role in the offense. Love the pickup. Obviously, it's you're going to take a slight step back when you lose Tyreek Hill. Let's oh, not yeah. forget they have Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football. Yeah, if Juju is your, yeah, he might be your wide receiver one, but if he is your second option in your offense, you're doing okay. Um, and you get a good Sky Moore. They'll be able to run the football a little bit. Edwards Alaire out of the backfield is not a bad option. And plus, let's not act like Patrick Mahomes hasn't made Demarcus Robinson work and McCole Hardman rel- like relevant, right? Sammy Watkins resurrected his career there, right? So Mahomes can throw it to other guys as well. They'll be fine. Their offensive line got significantly better. Their pass rush got significantly better. Their secondary got significantly better. All, all of them were the weaknesses of the team. Oh, yeah. All right, number three, the Bills. I think right now the Bills are a tick ahead because they have that number one alpha dog at wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Right? Yeah, like I said, the Chiefs, solid, solid weaponry. But they don't have a Stephon Diggs. They don't. And I think... Josh Allen is not that far off from a Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna say it. Like, it, it, like if Mahomes, we'll do, we'll use the Madden scale, right? If Mahomes a 99, Josh Allen's a 97, easily. I you think has the, me into has the potential to go to a 98 to a 99. I would say in the next year or two, he's only getting better and he's only developing. He's still young. He's like six five and holds like 230 pounds, like it's nothing. Yeah, he's a beast. So. And they drafted a running back, which they needed to. Because now he doesn't have to be, you know, solely capable of handling the rushing and the run game and the I mean, passing game. We'd look at the box scores a lot of games, and he'd be the leading rusher and obviously the leading passer. Like, With, I mean, like he would be like impressive passing stats, though. Like throwing for 300 yards, but also leading and rushing for like 98 to 100 yards. Right. He is insane. Um, all right, number two, the Broncos, because I think right now Russell Wilson, although might not be physically better, um, from a leadership standpoint, he's been around the league a little bit more. He's got the veteran presence a bit, a bit more. Um, plus, he kind of has that quality where he's just a winner, right? Where he yeah. just walks in and you're like, oh, we have a chance. Like, we, we have a chance. I mean, he was the life preserver in um, in Seattle for the last, like, five years. He's the only reason they won anything above ten games at ever, all. Ever. Um, <laughs> And so you give him really, really solid weapons. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton. They just drafted a tight end. Really good backs. And a defense that I think is going to be really underrated. They completely rebuilt their defensive line. Um, They just drafted Pat Sertan last year. Solid secondary. And you get an offensive coach. First time in Russ's career. In his career. Not only in the pros. At NC State, he had a defensive coach. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, he had an offensive coach, but the offensive coach didn't trust him. He had a defensive while he was playing. They brought in an offensive coach. That offensive coach didn't like him. That's why he transferred to Wisconsin. You think Wisconsin had an offensive coach? Psych, it's Wisconsin. Defensive line coach. <laughs> he had a defensive coach there. Gets drafted to Pete Carroll, who is a notorious defensive coach. I mean, can, can the man get some creativity? Well, he got it. Nathaniel Hackett. I think it'll be really exciting. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be the Brady to Tampa... Stafford, L.A. I think Russell Wilson's definitely going to be in the AFC Championship game. From there, it's hard to predict, right, because crazy things happen. We saw that Chiefs-Bills game in the divisional round even. Um, but I think he'll play for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Right, number one, the Rams. Yeah. I think the Rams. I mean, first of all, you win the Super Bowl, and you're going to have the same quarterback, Matt Stafford, right? Aaron Donald's still at the peak of his game. I would say he's on the probably on the – Slight decline of his prime, but still certainly within prime years. Go back to the Madden stats. He was like a 99. He's like slipped now to like a 97. (laughs) Yeah, like 90. Yeah, 97. Still really good. Um, Jalen Ramsey is still well within the prime of his career. Oh, yeah. Um, Allen Robinson, who you just signed, is in the prime. Cooper Cup. 
Um, they lose a, they lose one of their backs, but I mean it's McVay. He'll find a, he'll find a running back and make him work. Now you lose Whitworth on the offensive line, but they they got another offensive lineman. We'll see. And then you go out and sign Bobby Wagner. He's been the best middle linebacker in the game for the last eight years. Oh yeah. And they're signing him for almost nothing. Uh, it, it's a great deal. I don't really see how you can't like the Rams right now. No, uh, they definitely seem to be sitting atop there, um, just kind of holding their own. Plus, I will say, even just a year ago, we were like, oh my god, the NFC West. The NFC West is significantly worse this morning than it was last last season. Yes, no Russell Wilson in the division. The, the new powerhouse division, I would say, AFC West, and I don't think it's that close. Oh, it's not close. It's not close. It I mean, was the NFC I West, mean, now it's the AFC West. You look, you got Kansas City. You got uh, you got the Chargers, you got the, the, Broncos, the Broncos with Russ, and, and the you got Raiders. the Raiders, who are probably the most talented fourth place team we have that I think I've 10. ever seen. They're all in the top ten. We have the Raiders at nine, the Chargers at seven, absolutely, the insane. Chiefs at four, and the Broncos at two. I mean, there's a very real possibility that the that they might send all like those that might be the entire wild card right there. Yeah, that they might. That division you might just fill it all up. The winner and then the three wild card teams might be those all those AFC teams. West teams. I could see it happening. It's something I would say. That'll probably be the first time a fourth place team ever makes the wild card. It's, it would have to be. That'd be the first time. Yeah, they're going to be really. Has good. a third place team even made it? I don't mm-hmm. know. No, it de- they definitely have. Doesn't matter. Either way. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a top ten. We'll go back through. We got the Cardinals at ten, Raiders at nine, Packers at eight, Chargers at seven, Bengals at six. The Bucks at five, Chiefs at four, the Bills at three, the Broncos at two, and finally, the defending champ Rams at one. There's a, there it is, top ten, post offseason, post draft, free agency, all that, top ten NFL teams. Oh yeah, all right. Um, it is time for who's that Yinzer to get into there. Um, Ooh, it's exciting. So you want to go first, or am I going first? I don't know. Do it. Do you want to like? How, how have we been doing it? You usually know, go I'll, first. Yeah, I'll guess first. Go for it. Okay. Oh, man, I named them weird. We're getting there. Aha. Uh-huh. Can we get some organization over there? Yeah, just give me a second. Um, yeah. We'll be right there. How? What did you do? Hide them? No. Just go to the email. <laughs> I did. I'll tell you what. This guy. No Yenzer? Yeah, we'll check down here. No, who's that Yenzer? Unbelievable. So I, while he's figuring that out, um, I want to talk a little bit about this top ten list. So, like I said, the Broncos at two, Chiefs at four. Oh no! So what I what I was talking about was the NFC West, right? It's they got significantly worse, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows if he actually starts, but most likely Trey Lance will start. Who knows if the Niners are going to be as good as they were last season, right? The Niners gave the Rams fits. Plus, if Debo moves out, then you have only George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk is now your number one receiver. Don't love that situation, right? Not a huge fan of it. You go down to the Cardinals, right? D Hop is suspended for six games. Kyler with some turbulence in the organization. Does that kind of settle out by the start of the season, right? They have some unproven guys that are going to be stepping into greater roles, right? I like uh, Rondell Moore, but he's never been a number two receiver. Can he step it up? Ertz is another year older. Their offensive line is eh. They moved off a couple defensive pieces, so we'll see. And uh, obviously Seattle losing Russ. I mean, that, that, that roster is a middle school roster. So very quickly, the Rams are now in not one of the easier divisions, but they're not in the gauntlet that they were last year. So... Um, but it definitely pleads the case for the Rams being number one. Did you find it figured out? I'm pretty sure I did, yeah. All right, go for it. Hopefully it works. If not, we're just going to have to end the show now. So. Yeah, whatever. Keep the fingers crossed. Hopefully um, it does. So this is for you to guess. Nation point, you know, you got to go to the Joe at the end of the year with the the CCHA playoffs and the big dressing room was always for this first seed, which we were never in. And, and uh you know, this was uh, this was the place, and and has that memory for me more so probably for college hockey than than NHL hockey. But uh, you know, you continue on playing. Current Penguin. No. Former Penguin. Not. Okay. Had to do with the Penguins. 
had to do with the Penguins? Not necessarily. He played for them. But he was associated with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like a coach a or a front office guy yes. or something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm thinking coach. I don't, that's not Mike Johnson. Uh, not Mike um, Sullivan. Not him. His voice is very distinct. Right. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah. It doesn't sound like Bilesma. Nation point. You know, you got to go to the Joe at the end of the year with the, the CCHA playoffs. No, maybe it does sound the like Bilesma. The big dressing room was always for this first seed, which we were never in. Dan and, Bilesma. And, uh, yeah, it is. It's Dan Bilesma. You know, this was. Hit it. Ding, ding, ding. Whatever. We need well, the hockey thing, the hockey thing set me off, and I was like, uh, Penn's player. I was thinking like maybe Pascal Dupuis back in the day, oh, but he I, had a little bit of an accent. I loved Pascal Dupuis. Um, yeah, definitely not Dupuis, but I don't know why. I don't know why he pops into my head, but I know it wasn't Sid, it wasn't Gino. All right, I got to get ready for mine. That uh, if we uh, won Game Six, that we had a good chance here tonight. Uh, the character that we we showed throughout the playoffs and the adversity that we went through. Uh, you know, anytime you have, like I said before, anytime you have Sidney Crosby on your team and Malkin. Okay. Former player. Penguins. Former player. Oh, my gosh. How forced. I mean, like, he's a pretty famous former player. So this Game 6 win that he's referencing, was this one of the recent ones? Like, has I think he it was recently the, I think it the was team? The, I think it was the 08 team. Oh. Doesn't mean he was playing in it. He was playing in it. But I'm pretty sure it was the 08 one when we beat the... Was it 08 when they beat the Red Wings? Something like that, 07. But he was like... He was a player on the team in that year. I might give it away too much, but no. What? He was not a player on that team. But he was a former Penguin. Is that... Is it, Just hit play again. It's not Mario, is it? That uh, if we uh, won Game Six, that we had a good chance here tonight. Uh, the character that we we showed throughout the playoffs and the adversity that we went through. Uh, you know, anytime you have, like I said before, anytime you have Sidney Crosby on your team and Malkin. Sidney Crosby's a beast. That's got to be Mario, right? Is that your guess? You, yeah, that's my that's my in? guess. Mario. Mario Lemieux. Let's go. Yeah. All right, I would have been really mad if I missed that one. That is Mario. I been really yeah. mad. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, so we both got them right today, huh? There we go. I think, I think that's, that's, the, that's the first time we've the both first got week right. we've ever both got them right at the same time. Well, we kind of both stuck with the Penguins theme because it is at the height of Penguins playoff push. Right. Um, hopefully, right. we get to watch them tomorrow close out Game Six. That game will be at I think seven o'clock or maybe seven thirty um, here in Pittsburgh. Game Six. They're looking to close it out. Well, Domingue and Ned, I'm guessing. Sid, we're still waiting to hear on his status. We'll probably hear by probably by tonight. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll send what, out a tweet, something. What his status will be, and uh, we'll see if they see if they can move on to the second round. Sounds good. Well, that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Remember, next week, uh, YouTube, and you will be able to watch on Spotify as well. Uh, so get ready for that next week. All the links will be out. We'll discuss it more in detail next. Friday. So be ready for the episode then. Thank you for listening. And that was the issue.